Welcome to the Wonderland. A podcast with coaches Amanda Jones and Alex Linares. Listen in as they drop down the rabbit hole to explore reality, suffering and awakening. Leave your worries and fears behind and get ready for a taste of the Wonderland. Welcome to episode 32 of The Wonderland, The Cauldron. So I'll start with a quote by my very, very favorite Alan Watts. And he says, you're not something that's a result of the Big Bang. You're not something that is a sort of puppet at the end of a process. You are still the process. You are the Big Bang, the original force of the universe. Ah. Mm. I like sitting with that last line a little bit. Um, and um, this this concept, as most of the concepts that that we discuss here are not actually things that exist. It's just things that usually happen after we do one of these and then stay on for a little bit after we stop the recording. <laughs> and something will kind of bubble up and... Um, after one of our episodes, uh, we were reflecting on the discussion we had just had and our process for it and how fascinated we are by the process of creating this podcast and creating a lot of the things that, that happen in our lives and just the awe of where does it come from? Where? <laughs> Um, in that that particular episode, I had said something, and then you asked me to repeat it, and I couldn't because <laughs> I had not really. I, I I basically said I I forgot what I just said. Um, but just in awe of that, and saying it's like a cauldron, you know, like when you mentioned that, it was like oh, it's a perfect metaphor for it, where there seems to be ingredients. There seems to be these these different things like a discussion we had or a thought that came up or something we read. And and then all these pieces come together into this cauldron of, of, of we don't know what, right? Like just, and then there's this magic that, that happens. Something happens that, that then it comes out very different than the parts that make it up. It comes out unique and different. Uh, and then there's this, part of it is this drive to express it in in a certain way, which I find as fascinating as the creation itself is this drive to to share with others and and then to see that reflection, right, of what was created. I remember as we were we were talking when we ended that recording, um I said to you something about how how bizarre the experience is because I'll we'll say something and then um I'll notice my mind trying to understand what I'm saying after I've said it but it's still coming out so that the the you know the the self identity that's trying to understand what the hell's coming out of my mouth is kind of lagging behind and so I have when we end the recording we we're both like what just happened we have no idea but that's why you could you can't remember what when I asked you to repeat something, because the the remembering identity is not online. It can't be at the same time as as the flow that's coming out in the exploration. Yeah, 
with the cauldron, I, I think it's, it's a metaphor. I wrote this down. It's a metaphor for the experience of sprinkling little ideas and inspirations into the void of the unknown, which is what we're calling the cauldron where we don't know what will transpire, but with a certain degree of playfulness and curiosity, we are enchanted by the happenings that we have no control over. Yeah, that feels, that definitely resonates because I think we all have the experience of just having uh, a need to express certain ideas and in, in different mediums, right? Whether that's uh, through writing or or sharing mm-hmm. or talking to a friend. And there's something so fascinating about those little crumbs, right? That 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 just we're driven yeah. to, we feel compelled to. And I think one of the things that we struggle with is the well what is this for right the mind comes in and it wants to create a continuity and a reason and a justification for why something was said or why we have to create something or share something i think that's why we're so fascinated by music and art because it's the creation of something mm-hmm. for the sake of the creation instead of of a reason or yeah. um an agenda and just seeing how Maybe that's what's yeah. always happening, right? To your point, there is a lag. There is a lag when something is being expressed and we're in that moment and that flow of expressing and then the mind is trying to understand it and be more aware of like, oh, wow, there yeah. is a lag that's trying to understand what's already happening and sometimes claiming it back, right? And and then pretending to take control of it once it notices it, but just seeing that there seems to be a little bit of, of space between those the two phenomena. It's so bizarre. And then it can very easily come to the conclusion, since there is a lag and it can understand what's happening, that must mean that nothing made sense. That what, 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 what was the point of that? There's got to be a point. There's got to be a reason. But since I can't make sense of it, it doesn't have a point. And that's a problem. And this whole mm-hmm. thing was a mistake. <laughs> and something's wrong. And on and on and on and on and on. That Nancy Nethercutt said, you are the enchantment of a dream spell. A song of lost and found words. I think that illustrates it beautifully. This this musicality of of words and concepts that are lost and found, remembered and forgotten, yet are singing us in kind of this spell of enchantment, of awe. And that comes to have, you know, that comes to pass as we as we bring more of the wonderland into this experience of um everything every feeling and every thought right there's a certain there's a certain embracing mm-hmm. of the lag <laughs> or that little that little space where it becomes awe rather than a problem to try to catch up uh, you know the constant running to try to yeah. fill the gap of with understanding i love that you bring that up 
that space because I was um, I was watching something, a uh, sporting event, and they had a moment of silence. And in a huge stadium, thousands of people falling silent. And it really, I realized just how sacred silence is for us in our society. And when you, and that's what you're speaking to, there's this silence where we're not, our mind is not, or even when our mind is noisy, there's still that silence, tap, tapping into that silence beneath it and pointing at the at the cauldron being that. And it's not just in creative endeavors or any decision that we're making or feels like we're making in our lives. There's a lot of information coming our way. Like, I think that's a really practical part of it, right? We have We have information and opinions, even our own opinions, right? That can be really noisy. And then there's this thing, like a decision needs to be made, a decision needs to be made. And then all that goes into this space of nothingness. And then from there, the decision is made. And, and I love, like, I love pointing people at this because it was so huge for me to see that, that I think I made a decision. There seems there's this claiming and this sense, right? Of, oh, now I know what to do. But right before you knew what to do, there was silence. And out of that silence, mm-hmm then the conscious mind interprets that into words and symbols and all of that. But that decision was made in that void in the cauldron. And yes, there's information and there's feedback and there's all these things. And it's kind of the ingredients of that perhaps, but the decision itself is a mystery. So yeah, that's when people get, when I get really, you know, stressed about a decision or I'm talking to someone who is always just pointing back to like, yes, that. And also all this is part of what's going into the cauldron, right? That space. Mm. Yeah. I want to share a quote from the brilliant Alex Linares. (laughs) You texted me this and it was just so, so beautiful. Our wishes are incantations. Our plans are like spells. What actually happens is magic. And that magic always comes from, through, and back into the void. Who said that? (laughs) Who? (laughs) Some brilliant woman that I know. Oh. (laughs) I mean, come on. It's it's so... And maybe this is just because it's, we're a couple of weeks out from Halloween and this is our favorite season, <laughs> but you will, the listeners won't hear this till after that, um, yeah, but yeah. we're all year round here. So um, the, the, all of these kind of words like enchantment and magic and spells and incantations, they have a way of of pointing us back to the mystery that we know on some level is the ultimate frontier for us is the is is our actual landscape that it it's it's they have a way even if you're not into words like that or concepts like that it's still every child is fascinated by enchantment and magic because we know that's what we were born into is this mystery that we cannot know and I think that 
the discomfort of not knowing what's going to happen or what's what's going on gets relieved when we realize we will we don't have to know we will never know there is nothing to know because it's the cauldron that that produces these happenings for and then the mind you know one of the sprinkles in the cauldron is probably that idea that I made this happen. I made the decision. As, uh, as you were talk, mentioning, you know, kind of like children and their ability to live in that magic and appreciate that magic. I remember when my son, my oldest son began to read and there's this strange transition where it scribbles, <laughs> right? On a, on a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And then all of a yeah. sudden they can read a word. And I remember thinking, this is almost like witchcraft. Like someone can read scribbles on a piece of paper and an image is conjured up in their minds. I just remember thinking like of breaking down reading into that. So our day-to-day, the fact that we can see colors, the fact that we can see, that we can see colors and experience colors, that, that it elicits something in us, that is magic. That is what we're pointing to here. Just yes. the magic of existing that then we rationalize, call it different things. And then as the older we get and the more schooling we get, then we call it science. <laughs> but it's still magic. Well, and we call it mundane and ordinary and not yeah. worthy of awe. And then we find ourselves chasing peak experiences to get even more, ma- just a little bit more magic. I, you know, a little mm-hmm. bit more, please. Thank you. Yeah. Can I have some more, please? This isn't enough. The, Michael Markham had a quote recently that said, you can hear, see, taste, and smell. What more do you want? Yeah. Oh, and it's what funny. What more do you, you want? When I read that quote, I was thinking... Isn't it interesting that what we want is just to do those things? It seems like we want to go back Mm. to do those things. We build so much on top of, on top of, to give it a a direction of the sense experience that it feels like then we spend the rest of our lives trying to really distill our lives down to that again. Yeah, I love that. I, it just occurs to me that perhaps that is the journey of self-improvement that we go on. Um, the unending uh, building block, building more and more and more improvement in order to come back around to that simplicity of mm-hmm. sensing of the magic or the, I guess, the recognition that that is the magic. I feel taking the long way around to get back to where you never left. Well, I love that you mentioned <laughs> that, that. That is the experience we're having moment to moment. That That is the only experience we're having moment to moment. Mm-hmm. Seeing, touching, tasting, hearing, thinking. And <laughs> the irony. Then there's this <laughs> yeah. idea of how do I get back to that, which is why oh, it's so hard bizarre. to get back to it. <laughs> it's It's... Yeah. And we've heard these pointers before. You can't get back to where you never left. But to really kind of sit with that and and add in the sprinkles into the cauldron of seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, feeling, thinking, 
we realize, yes, it's always been just that. Always and always will be. And to see the magic in that of what it conjures, like your example of, of reading, how we learn to read. I was thinking about that too once, about looking at scribbles. I have this distinct memory of that time right before I learned to read and seeing the scribbles and then one day seeing meaning and a whole uh, conjured image of this word, like bicycle before, like there's this weird, <laughs> I guess that's the moment of enchantment when it suddenly appears out of the, out of the cauldron as a thing. And it can never again be seen as mm-hmm. the scribbles. And the bicycle that comes out of the cauldron for you is very different than the one for me. Yeah. And we could try to describe it to each other and it, it, it's almost impossible, right? To, mm-hmm. Or to understand why. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. it's such a beautiful, to me, it's such a calming um thought to contemplate mm-hmm. and concept to contemplate that that life is magic the simple things what we're going to cook for lunch what we're going to do next year our memories of the past is mm-hmm. all this magical process of memory being reconstructed and we call it the past or being projected and we call it the future and we're experiencing it in the moment and we call it the present uh, with our bicycles and our colors and our concepts that come up to be seen. But I think the, the place where I'd love for people to, to contemplate and, and maybe take some time with is that space, that void, the cauldron where you don't have to understand how it works, why it works. But it's so inevitable that something's always created. Mm-hmm. Creation in the mm-hmm. grand scale and in the small scale and the micro scale of our day to day is inevitable. Our cells multiplying, the universe we're told that is expanding is just all that same movement. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Like Nancy said, you are the enchantment of a dream spell, a song of lost and found words. And isn't that the key? Mm -hmm. The words. Lurder said, self-experience is holographic enchantment. The self is a holographic enchantment. The experience of a me in a world is a holographic enchantment. Nobody knows how, why, when, um, what it's made of, where it goes when it's not present. But yet we're enchanted by this phantom that seems viscerally solid at times and other times completely non-existent. I mean, if enchantment isn't mm-hmm. the right word, I don't know what is. Preoccupied? No, I like the more magical word. <laughs> if I got to pick one, and <laughs> and I think the the uh-huh. cauldron also points to that place of the wonderland and the wasteland, 
right? What what that mystery of all that goes in and through the cauldron can feel like we're not in control or we're we're some kind of puppet, which is why I love that Alan Watts quote reminding us that we're not a puppet of some of some past that we are just victims of, but that we are the process. We are that the creation itself creating in this moment. So I want to close with uh, the opening quote for Rick Rubin's uh, book, The The Creative Act, The Way of Being. And um, it's a quote by Robert Henry. The object is not to make art. It is to be in that wonderful state which makes art inevitable. This has been The Wonderland Podcast. If you'd like to explore further with Amanda or Alex, visit Amanda's website at uncoverispace.com or Alex's website at kanemacoaching.com. <laughs>